With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. How it's coming. How it's coming. Football's coming. Home. We'll go on getting back. So I'm getting back. So I'm getting back. So I'm getting back. Hello and welcome back to this beautiful footballing podcast after extra time. It's been a few weeks, but we're back. I'm your host this week, Greeny, and joining me is just the one half, and that is the Millwall one, Alex Jackson. How are you, matey? I'm all right, mate. How are you? Fucking hell. Not Good. seeing it for two weeks. You kept disappearing to the fucking beach. <laughs> I know, it's all right for some, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought we'd have a little break, mate, while the uh, Euros were going. Yeah, but obviously we're back now, mate, and we're still in it, Jacko. So we'll start there. Mm. We're in the semi-finals, mate. It's good stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't know if you'd heard anything of the previous sort of podcast. The, the first first few games, I've genuinely been impressed with how we'd started. Sort of first 10, 15 minutes, we were on top, and we got unlucky in the, the three group games with the fact that we hit the woodwork within the sort of first fifteen minutes. But then after that, we sort of seemed to sort of trudge and be negative and tentative, and it was, it looked like it was hard work. Yeah, I'm with you on but that. But yeah. then watching it last night, because uh, again the Germany game was very much the same. We started off on the front foot. We we didn't get that. We didn't get that chance in the first sort of ten fifteen minutes. We didn't convert that chance in the first fifteen minutes. It allowed Germany to get into the game. But in the second half, once Grealish had come on. The game changed, the tempo changed, and and there was a lot more. Um, there, there was a lot more positivity when it came to sort of the final third and and crosses into the box, and obviously we, we all know what happened on Tuesday, and you know it was it was genuinely brilliant to see something that I'd been waiting for since Euro '96. I didn't see us in the Euro 2000 when we beat them one nil, so you know it's been a while, and then obviously last night. Watching that, we, we had our chance in the first 10, 15 minutes and we put it away. 
and and I think that's what Southgate has been trying to do from minute one, and it looked a completely different way of playing it. Yes, Ukraine got back into it, and they had a couple of chances, and we looked a bit unnerving, a bit complacent with that one goal lead. But as soon as that second half turned around, and, and Maguire got that goal, and I genuinely thought he was offside. Yeah, at the yeah. time of watching it, I genuinely thought he was offside. But obviously, then you see the replay, and you see Zinchenko's playing him on. And then Kane came in with another one, which was a great cross from Luke Shaw um, to get his second. And then obviously Henderson popped up sort of on the hour mark and, and just finished off. And after that, we looked really comfortable. Um, and I, I genuinely feel that's what Southgate has been trying to do. Because if you get that goal in the first 10 minutes, it means the team have to come at you. They have to get back into the game. Whereas if it's sort of tentatively going on for about 20, 25, 30 minutes, they get confidence in their own style of play because you know we've slowed down or we're not pressing as much as we were and it allows them to sort of try and get the first goal and then we have to go on to them and it then becomes another game of sort of counter-attacking football but as i said with getting that with kane getting that goal sort of three minutes into it it, it meant that the game plan that southgate's been trying um worked and it, and it looked comfortable and i, I genuinely feel that i I do think Denmark could be a sticking point. I, I just, with what happened with Ericsson in their first game, and I, I was sort of, there was a part of me thinking that they could go all the way. That that would give them the push to sort of try and get far in this tournament. You know, mm. I've got to play them in the semis. Yes, our, our running after Germany's been a lot easier than Italy or Spain. Um, or, well, Spain more so than Italy. Um, so, yeah, it's it's been good to watch. It's... You know, we've had some cracking games in the sort of last sixteen, where we had that that goal fest. I think on the on the Monday. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's been good to watch, and I, I think there's still a couple of question marks about the team selection. There always will be. A lot of fans will want Grealish in. Personally, I think he should be something for Mount. Mounts. Mounts not been as productive as I thought he would be compared to what Grealish has been when he's come on. But then I think that's what Southgate plans to do is if we're sort of chasing the game or we're needing that spark, if it's nil-nil, he'll bring Grealish on and it will change it because then they've got fresh legs with a guy that's willing to run at them and they're knackered and they could lead to a yellow card or a free kick or a penalty or whatever. So, yeah, it's worked, but there's still a couple of little tweaks that I'd like to make. But, yeah, I mean, it was a great game last night. Uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more, mate. I think you answered most of my questions there, mate, in one game, yeah. which is decent. But, um, I mean, like, I agree, Denmark won't be an easy game. and I think they're running off Christian Eriksen, mate, to be yeah. fair. I think That's if it I mean. never have happened, I don't think they would be where they were, mate, to be honest. I'm no, really I, yeah, I don't think they would have been. Um, uh, to be fair, I don't think the Czechs were all that. They had their big game against Scotland. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I, I just, yeah, I, I wasn't worried if we played the Czech Republic again, I think we would have dealt with that very well. But yeah, there's just a part of me that sits there thinking that Denmark will be a stumbling block on, on Wednesday night. Yeah. I mean, going to the other teams while we're left in it, mate, like you said, it's Spain. Which one mm. out of the two would you fancy more, mate? Italy. I, I genuinely, I've been, I, I didn't back Italy at the start of the tournament. I really, mm. really hadn't. Um, but they've genuinely impressed me from minute one. I genuinely think they're a better side than they have than they have been over the last few years. 
I think I, I think their main issue is Spinazzola. Mm. If he's injured, I don't know how that's going to work. But you know, you, you look at what Mancini's done at Italy. I think they've won thirty-one games out of thirty-eight or nine or something. It's a ridiculous yeah. record, and that that game against Austria. I think it was the first time they they conceded a goal in in ninety minutes for some ridiculous length of time as well. Um, so yeah, I, I just think Italy are probably the favourites out of the four that are left. Mm. I think Spain have looked good at times, haven't looked good at times. So it, to me, they're a very Jekyll and Hyde team, and I, I don't know which side will come up against Italy on Tuesday. Um, but yeah, to me at the moment, I, I genuinely think Italy have got a good chance of winning the Euros. There we go. There's a prediction there, mate. Um, I'm going to who are you backing then? I'd, I'd, I'd like to say after last night, England's performance, mate, it's one of the best I've seen in a while. Um, mm. But I think I have to agree with you, mate. I think Italy are a team and they look a force under Mancini, mate. Mm. I mean, before Mancini, they, they weren't qualifying or anything. They, they've gone right down, haven't they? Yeah. So I just feel that they're, they're defensively strong going forward they're scoring goals they're well, hard to break down mate I think with Italian football as well there's been a massive resurgence yeah you know you look at the likes mm. of Insignia Immobile Spinazzola Donnarumma Barella uh, mm. Chiesa uh, Di Florenzi you know they, they've got this Sandro Tonali um, that's due to come through as well apparently he's tagged as the next Perlo They've got so many players and so many young players that have come out. I know Berardi from Sassuolo. You know, Sassuolo mm. were a force that no one really sort of heard of seven or eight years ago. Now they're sort of what, finishing in the top ten of Serie A every year. And they, yeah, they're true. sort of on the verge of Euro, European football. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's, I think it's, this is their next sort of fate, this stage now. Because obviously the early 2000s, you had the likes of Nesta, Maldini, Cannavaro, um, Perlo, Totti. Yeah, great ones. They, there's some names there. And then obviously they went through that period where they couldn't quite get the sort of mix right between the youngsters that were coming through and the veterans that were there for sort of a couple more times before they went. And now they've seemed to have got under Mancini a side that is well experienced at, at club level. And they're putting it on that stage going forward. And I, I genuinely think, I thought, I did say at the beginning that I thought France were going to win it. Mm. I was genuinely surprised when they lost to Switzerland. Um, I, 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 I would have backed France all the way to win it. I really, really did. Um, but yeah, Italy have definitely been the dark horses for me this tournament. Before I move from the Euros, then let's just quickly, I want to ask you a couple of questions quickly on Euros, yeah. mate. Um, Belgium, obviously, number one team in the world, yeah. got knocked out, mate. Do you, how do you feel they'll do for the World Cup? Or do you think they'll get rid of Martinez now? Uh, favourites and get knocked out? They'll, they'll do what they've done for the last two tournaments. They'll get to the semis and quarters and they'll lose. I, yeah. I, I don't understand how they've got the number one ranked side in the world. They're, no, a, they're a quality side. And they, they should have won something by now. They, they I genuinely believe with the players they've got, they should have won something by now. Where would you have ranked them, mate? If you wouldn't have ranked them first, where would you have, what rank would you have given them? Well, see, my, my rankings, yeah, my ranking system's outdated. I would have said whoever was, who finished first um, was the winner of the World Cup. 
because yeah. that's where everyone sort of competes. And, of you know, mm. then you'd have the winners of the Europeans and then the winners of the Copa America as sort mm. of the next next one. And then sort of the top five would be the top five continental competitions that they have. So the Euros, the CONCACAF, uh, the Copa America, Oceanic Cup and, and all that sort of stuff. Mm. That's how I see that being formed. Um, so I, I definitely would have said France were the number one seed going into it. I would have said Belgium. I know Portugal would have been number two. Belgium would have been number three. Yeah. Uh, Great short there. Um, yeah. Finalists of the World Cup. Yeah, I would have put them up there. Um, Germany probably would have been in the top ten. Italy would have been in the top ten. Holland, maybe. Spain, definitely. Mm. Um but I, I wouldn't rate Belgium as the number one side in the world. You've, you've got to win something. Mm. They've, they've got to win something to be acclaimed as the number one side in the world. There's no point sitting there going, oh, you're yeah, the best side in the world. Have you won anything? No. So why are you? Yeah. I mean, if but you look at Martinez... That's like saying they all can be the, the number one side in the world, but they've never won anything. Yeah, that's, that is, yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I don't know if you had... I don't know if you had this stat on Martinez. He's lost four games in charge of Belgium but if you look at that mate two of them are in a massive, massive major uh, competition yeah and like, it, like you said <laughs> you it's, diffi- it's difficult because Harry Redknapp once had an interview on BT Sport this is going years back now um, he was talking about the fact that he he lost the love of watching England play because they go through these European group games win the 10 games and they get knocked out in the second round of the, yeah. the tournament and that's how I feel Belgium have done. They'll they'll win yeah. their group. They'll win their yeah. group, their qualification group, comfortably because a lot of the teams aren't good enough. And they might top their group if they don't have something like France, Germany, and Portugal had this time around. Yeah. Um, yeah, because Bel- Belgium went through with. It was an easy, easier group, weren't it? Belgium's yeah. Group. Um, so. Yeah, I think Belgium have to win something before they mm. can be touted as, as sort of the world. Belgium's group was uh, Denmark, Finland, and Russia, mate. Yeah, you look at that compared to France, Germany, Portugal. Yes, I know mm. the draws are always going to be difficult, but they could have had Italy, Spain, and um, know, Austria or something, and it yeah. might have been a completely different group. Uh, but yeah, I, Martinez has done a cracking job. Don't get me wrong. They, they've got a quality that side there. There's always been that argument that Belgium are a, a team of individuals, not a collective. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, as much as I don't agree with how Southgate plays at times, Southgate's side mentally is one of a collective. Mm. You, you see them all working hard for each other. You know, the, the bit in the Germany game where Sterling gave it away to Muller and... Muller then misses it. You see Phillips or Rice or someone dragging him up and saying, let's go again. And I just don't feel you get that with Belgium. Because if, De, you know, De Bruyne has a history of being, of, of having tantrums at times. Um, Lukaku, uh, I think, if Lukaku's played out of the game, he's ineffective. There were times in, when Belgium played that he looked formidable. But then, out of road, Vertonghen, they're getting on. Vitzel's getting on. Hazard. 
hasn't been the same player since he left Chelsea. Um, obviously, Torgan Hazard has come leaps and bounds in Germany. Um, Mounier. Yeah, Mounier. Yeah. Don't really know what to say about him. Yeah, it's Tillemans. Tillemans. I think Doku. I was impressed with Doku the other night. I've never yeah, heard he of him. Good. No, I haven't, mate. Never heard of him, so I was impressed. But you know, you haven't got Mertens in there, and Mertens is playing a part of a Napoli side that's got Insignia with it and a few others, and that Napoli side's a good one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Bel- Belgium have to win something before they. They. I can. I would class them as a number one side. But, yeah, what Martinez has done there is fantastic and it's certainly put them on the map. And you just hope with the continued sort of level that they get to the sort of quarterfinals, semifinals of the World Cup, Euros, that it might help further along down the line for the domestic side of it as well. Plus, with with what they're planning to do with Holland, which I think is a great idea, um, where they're sort of merging Eredivisie and the... Belgian Pro League, they're merging them into a big unified um, system, which is what I think Scotland, Ireland, Northern Ireland and Wales should do, personally. We had that big discussion on it, didn't we? Yeah, Um, yeah. I think they should do something similar to that. So hopefully that will help with the talent coming through as well for both Holland and and Belgium. Um, But yeah, we'll have to see what Martinez does now after this tournament. I, I think he'll stay on. I think he'll give it to, to 2024, see what happens at the World Cup, or 2022, whichever the next one is, um, and then just go from there, really. Yeah, fair enough. Let's move away from Euros, mate. Let's let's go to some club footballs. That's what we prefer. Yeah. Um, first one, mate, is a manager takeover at a Premier League club, Crystal Palace, Patrick yeah. Vieira. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, what do you make of that one, mate? I don't, I'm, I'm not a big fan of that move, but what do you um, make of it? Well, they, they need to go in a different direction. You know, they had Allardyce, they had Hodgson, they had Poulis, they had a failed mm. attempt with De Boer. Hodgson gave them solidity, but it just, you know, we discussed on it numerous times on this pod that, I don't know, the, the effect of Hodgson and his style of football was probably detrimental to Palace at times. So Vieira coming in, he's a younger manager. He's worked in the MLS. He's worked in France, I believe. Yeah. You know, he's a good, he's a good footballing brain. Whether or not he will be able to do that at Premier League level, we don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But you know, it's interesting. I, I do think it's interesting, and hopefully, it will. It might drive Palace to go uh, to be a bit more adventurous in the future. Obviously, it's a big job, though, mate. After all the players we went through on the, on the pod previous, mate, where we had loads of players leaving Palace, yeah. it's but got maybe, a massive rebuild. But maybe that's that's the fresh start that they need. You know that that was an aging Palace squad. Mm. Um, you know, uh, uh, Tariq Mitchell, um, Eze. You know, there's there's not many young players in that start in Palace eleven. Mm. You know, Kale was plus 30, Dan was plus 30, Zaha's coming up to 30, Townsend's late 20s, early 30s, Nathaniel yeah. Klein's late 20s, early 30s, Milojojevic is late 20s, early 30s. So it's, it's becoming an ageing side. Benteke's mm. over 30 as well. So probably getting the majority of that squad out and, and starting afresh again, 
He's got the rest of the summer. He's now got to the beginning of August to, to get the players in that he wants. And I feel with the amount that, of wages that they're probably saving on from the players that they're letting go, they might be able to bring a few players in. He'll have connections around uh, the US, around France, Arsenal, everywhere. There'll, there'll be connections for him to utilise, like Lampard did at Derby with Chelsea. Um so yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he does there at Palace. I, I do think it's a cautious one, but I'm cautiously optimistic that I think he'll do all right next season. Yeah, I mean, my only issue, mate, he got sacked from Nice in France, and it's not as not as good league as the Prem nowhere by far. No, so I just think it'll be a big ask, really. But and again, Jacko, he wasn't favourite for that job. You know, loads of managers turned it down. Yeah. So was it a last resort? Managerial appointment. It depends on the individual. If he wanted to manage in the Premier League, <coughs> if he gets given an opportunity, he'd, he'd, I'd think he'd want to take it, regardless of mm. of the names. And it's the same with Spurs. And I'm sure you'll touch on the managerial appointment in a minute, anyway. Uh, you know that. I I think that's a tougher job than the one at Palace. The Spurs mm. one. Palace finished mid-table. Finished, what, 11th, 12th, 13th? 14th, mate. 14th. Mm-hmm. What, what would you expect him to do at Palace next season? I think he's got to match it. Yeah. So that... Would you say that's difficult? With the teams that have come up... At and present... Uh, I, still, I, I think it'll be... I think it'll be... Difficult-ish, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like you so said, the teams come up, I don't feel are the strongest teams that have come up. No. Uh, and I still feel there's probably some teams what stayed up are probably not as strong as what Palace are. But you don't know what Southampton are going to be like because they, they went no. off the boil dramatically yeah, my, at the back end of last season. You've got Burnley, Wolves. Wolves um, yeah. You know, you've got... Yeah, there's a few I, down I think, there, mate. Yeah, I think Norwich, Brentford are likely to be the two that will struggle more to stay in the Premier League this season. And I think they'll do what Norwich have done well over the last sort of two or three years, which is have a season in the Prem, go down, rebuild and, and come back up. Or try and keep yeah. them dry at this, have to come back up. Um, you know, Everton, Everton have a good season. Everton started off like a train and we all sat there and yeah. we genuinely thought Everton were big contenders and they just went off the boil. Yeah. Um, you know, there's lots of different. Yeah, Arsenal could have another poor season. I can't see it. At the moment, I've not heard anything on the Arsenal front that sort of excites me to think that they might actually do something this season. Well, I can't. Right. At the moment, I can't see Arsenal finishing in the top six, especially if Arteta's still there. No, um, I agree, mate. I do agree. So, yeah, I, I think Vieira's got an easier job than Santo has at Spurs. Definitely. And I think if if they finish anywhere near they did last season, it's it's a good start. And plus it gives Vieira a year's experience in the Premier League. It gives him a better idea of what players he wants to adapt to and bring his style in. And yeah, I, I think with the fans with the fans being there next season, it might change a lot of things for a lot of different clubs next year. Mm. So yeah, I, I don't think he's got a tougher job as some others in the Premier League, and I think he'll he'll easily accomplish that. I, I can't see Palace going down 
with the teams that are around. Uh, uh, one more before we move on from Palace, then, mate. Last question I'll ask on that. Yeah. Can, do you think Vieira will last the season out? Um, I'm very much of of the opinion of you've got to give him time. Mm. If he was at Arsenal and he wasn't in the top six or top eight by November, I'd expect him to go. Yeah. Because Arsenal are desperate to get back into Europa qualifications, or at least Europa League. So, with his first spell at Palace, I'd expect them to be finishing at least sort of 12th, 13th. And if he's around there by December time, I think they'll keep hold of him. If he was to drop after that and and look start slipping towards the bottom end, then yes, I could definitely see him going. But I I, I still think you've got to give these these managers time. It's not going to work, especially those with with limited budgets. It's mm. it's not always going to happen. You can't always bring in a, a sort of three or four players totaling sort of twenty thirty five million that are going to be able to change everything. So, yeah, you've got to give him time. You really, really have. If he was, if he was to have a season, have three transfer windows, bring in his players, and then by October they're sitting in nineteenth. Yeah, get rid of him because whatever has yeah. happened hasn't worked. But before that, I wouldn't. Uh, me personally, I wouldn't consider that. No, no, I, I agree, mate. I do agree. Um, I'm going to move on to another new manager, mate. I know you've touched on him already. Yeah. It's Nuno, mate, Spurs. Yeah. Now, again, it's another manager. What you, I didn't expect to take that job, well, if I'm being honest. I, I didn't. You know, what I'd heard is that he'd left Wolves because of homesickness. Mm. How how true that is, I don't know. But there, there was a rumour going around that was the reason why he left Wolves. I rate him as a manager. I think what he's done at Wolves, yes, last season was was a poor one, but I think had Jimenez not had a fractured skull, I think things might have been different. I think losing Jota showed how much of an impact he genuinely had off the bench for Wolves um, and how effective he was at times for Liverpool. I think, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one at Spurs. He's got a lot to do there. Again, that's another ageing side. Um you know, there's question marks over Lamella, Ali, um, the centre-backs. What does he do with that? Because that's just a minefield. Sanchez isn't great. Dyer isn't great. Um, I think Tanganga is probably their, their biggest sort of centre-back prospect that they've got. You know, I think Mourinho bringing in the likes of Reguilón on a permanent is probably helped. The likes of Matt Doherty, he's worked with him before at Wolves. Um, obviously, if Hoiberg can have another season like he did last year, um, I, I think that helps Spurs. And if Kane and Son are firing as well as they were this season, then it might be okay. But it, it's definitely a tough job to ask for him. But, you know, not a lot of people expected him in his first season at Wolves to finish sixth and get a Europa League spot. No, that's right. So, I think, again, it's another one. Give him time. What do you Give think the Spurs expect, though, mate? What do you think they're expecting? Spurs, Spurs will expect to finish in the top six. 
just like Arsenal, just like Chelsea, just like Man City or Man United or Leicester, their their expectations now are to finish in the top six at least. Mm. Spurs, I don't see Spurs as title contenders. Not if Kane goes. You know, I would, you, would Kane... you have seen them? Would you have seen them as uh, contenders if if it wasn't Nuno and it was uh, the old Chelsea manager? Uh, his name's gone. Conte. If he had took the job, would you have seen no. it then? No. 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 I, I think a lot of questions derive on whether or not Kane stays. And to me, Kane goes. Kane, Kane's going. Um, yeah. I've been harping on about this in our chat for ages that as soon as Aguero was announced that he was leaving. Kane was going to Man City. I'm, I'm 100% adamant that that is going to happen. Um, it's whether or not Spurs and Levy can bridge a deal that helps Nuno with bringing in some players that are creative or defensively sound or can what? bag sort of 10 or 15 goals for him. Cause what about Lukaku? Can uh, you not bring in Lukaku and put a big bid in for him? Goal scorer? Replacement for Kane. Is it a possible move? Maybe I don't know. Um, it was more possible if Conte had gone. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But from what he, what I heard is that Conte was not allowed the backroom staff that he wanted. Um, which was just ridiculous to me because if you're mm. trying desperately to get that that side back to where it was, sort of under Poch sort of four or five years ago where they were finishing second, third and they were looking like they were going to be in the title race. Then you, you sort of want to go off a little bit and say, okay, right, we'll give you this at a reduced cost. We'll, we'll allow you to have it, but you've got to get us results from the off. Um, and yeah, I, I just think he's got to go and find a striker. He's got to go and get a couple of centre-backs. Uh, Larice, I think Larice maybe have two years at Spurs, and then mm. I'd look at offloading him. It's I, I see Larice as how you see De Gea. Mm. He was good, yeah, but he seems to have slipped since France won the World Cup, and I don't think he's as good as he was. Um, so yeah, I, I'd, I'd look at getting a new goalkeeper. I'd look at getting two new centre-backs. I think if Santo can get Ali on his side and Ali's playing, that we know Ali can play, it will help him with his chances of getting back into the England side. Um, they're going to need some sort of attacking threat if Kane goes. Um, Lukaku's very unlikely now if Conte's not going. Hmm. So yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what deal is brokered between Man City and Kane, uh, Man City and Spurs for Kane. Um, if Laporte is thrown into it, which there was a rumor, I, I think that would be an excellent deal for for Spurs to take a hundred mil Laporte for Kane. I, I genuinely believe that'd be a brilliant deal mm. because I think Laporte has been one of the best centre backs in the league for the last sort of two seasons and the only reason he wasn't as part of that squad more is because of how well Diaz played with Stones at the back for Man City last year yeah yeah I, so. I totally agree I totally agree from from Nuno now to Bruno Jacko. yeah 
at Wolves. I don't know much about the guy. I don't know if you know much, but I think he's got a job on his hands and I put him relegation favourites. Um, um, what do you make of that one? Well, I'd, I'd love to know where you've got relegation favourites from. Well, it's you, just my just my my uh, prediction, mate. So you don't you think Brentford are a better side than Wolves? I think I, I don't say. Uh, how do I put it? <laughs> I, 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 I would say they are. I don't say me, they are. If, if you're saying relegation favourites, you'd have to yeah. say that they are the worst team out of the twenty in the league, and I, I can't see that. No, I can see my, them uh, roughly where Palace are. I, I, I just think they'll be bottom three. I think Brentford might have a good season just because they're in the Prem. And if the fans are back, I think that's a massive plus. Mm. I'll get behind them. Norwich, I can't really see them staying up, mate. The other, Who was the other team? Watford, what come up? Yeah. Uh, I think they might be down there again. I just think out of all the teams what were left after this season, mm. Wolves now, as well as losing Nuno, I think they're in shit street, mate. I think... And, you know, if they lose the players, Jacko, Patricio's meant to be going... Ruben yeah. Neves is meant to be going. Jean Martinho is meant to be going. I just can't see it. Yeah, I, I think that Wolves job was always going to be a, a difficult one after Nuno left because mm. of how much, how much um, that club and how much development that club had made from the from Nuno's first season. Um, Bruno Lage, uh, is he going to do anything? I'm not sure. Obviously, mm. he was at Benfica um, two seasons ago. He did win it. He did win the league title in 2018-19. Right. Uh, that was with Benfica B, by the way. I'm not. I'm, I'm, to be honest, I don't know. Oh, no, Benfica did win it. Yeah. So. He's got a bit of experience in Portugal. I, I think Wolves, with the way that their their management and the hierarchy is gone, they're looking at Portugal as an outlet. So, anyone that has any success in Portugal, players or staff wise, is is going to be touted as a possible favourite for the Wolves job. That's just how the owners are. Um, again, it's one of those. You got to give him time. Got to give him time. Um, it's especially if the lots of Patricio Neves are going, they're being mm. holes to fill. Jean Martinho is getting on. Uh, how many more seasons has he got in the Premier League? You know, Jimenez is yeah. he going to be back to what he was two seasons ago, or is he going to be? Is he going to be? I don't know. Is he going to struggle for the first three months? The Dharma Triora, they need to utilize him well. Um, They've got some players there that are good enough. I just, you wonder if he's going to be the right man. But you've got to give him time. You have to give him time. There's no point sitting there thinking, oh, it's going to go well. And then, again, it depends on what sort of aspirations the Wolves are looking at. Probably a season without the Europa League this year will probably help them. Less games to play, keep some of their key players fitter for longer um, but again I, I genuinely think there has to be given a bit of time for him to settle in because it's a completely different kettle of fish from Portugal to, to the Premier League yeah 100% mate I, I agree totally agree 
another another one maybe I'm going to touch on is uh, your your boys Millwall. Yes, right. Um, and you've just signed uh, an assistant manager, and that's yeah. Mr. Robinson, Paul Robinson. Yes, right. Mate. Yeah, yeah. What, what do you make of that? That's a, that's a banging signing, I think. Um, it, he's got a lot of experience at this level. Um, there was a massive, there was a massive hole left when Callum Davidson went to St Johnston. Mm. Um, there was a, a period where you felt that Rowett, I don't know if he didn't have the players behind him in the dressing room at the time, and sort of Davidson was the go-to. He was the sort of one that the softer approach sort of thing. The, the players would sort of lean on to have a word, whereas Rowett was definitely a disciplinarian. Um, and you wonder if uh, Robinson will, will be that sort of Davidson role going forward. Um, but again, anyone with, with the experience that he's had in the Premier League and in the Championship will help some of these younger players coming through, the likes of Billy Mitchell, Tyler Bury, Hayden Muller, Alex Mitchell, Danny McNamara, uh, Isaac Oloffi. These are the sort of the next sort of touted group of youngsters that Mill are, are expecting to come through and play in the first team. Um, so he will, he, they will. I feel they will benefit from that. Um, but yeah, we'll, obviously we'll have to see how it goes this summer and and how the start of the season holds up for Rowett and the team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Paul Romeo's been there, mate. You can bring some excellent players in. He's done youth level. Yeah, you know, so you might see some good players coming through. I mean, he was even coaching Jude Bellingham, mate. So yeah, yeah. So he, you know, he knows some talent when he sees it. Yeah. Um, another one I want to touch on: what's in the championship, mate? Is West Bromwich Albion's new manager? I'm I'm surprised you're not wanting to talk about Rafa. Well, yeah, I've got Rafa lined up, mate. I thought I'd oh, do these are. ones first. I thought it would take a bit longer for this Rafa one. <laughs> yeah. So I thought I'd do a bit of championship first, yeah. which is. Um, Ismail, mate, left Barnsley, gone yeah. to West Brom. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a fan of that move. Um, I'm really not. Have a I look at where mm. Barnsley, Barnsley did the unthinkable last year. Yeah. If if we'd had this, this well, we had this discussion. I'm almost certain of it at the start of last season, and not one of us turned around and said that Barnsley would be in the playoffs by the end. Of it. No. I would have said relegation more than playoffs, yeah. mate. And I would have said the same, and I'm almost certainly Jack would have said the same. So yeah. the fact that he took Barnsley, who survived on the last day of the season and got them to mm. fifth and a playoff semi-final, I'm not surprised that West Brom have done that. It's a, it's something very similar to... Uh, well, I wouldn't say something very similar, but it's... A mindset of it's a cheaper option than some of the managers that they probably want to go for but can't afford because they've got to try and save a bit of money playing in mm. the championship. It's like Bournemouth with Eddie Howe. You and I will always have disagreements on how that managerial system went down, but mm. that's the sort of thing that I'm picking up from this. Mm. He's got good experience in the championship. He's worked with a lot of different different variety of players. His style is very different to how a lot of teams played in the championship last season. He's took with him Alex Mowat. Mowat left Barnsley on a free transfer. He's gone straight over to West Brom. Mowat yeah. was on the uh, Millwall run on the lookout for Alex Mowat before he left Barnsley. But obviously he was almost certainly going to go there straight away. 
he is a good player in the championship and I think that will help them and add a bit of depth to that side because outside of that first 11 there's no one really there that I'm sort of sat there thinking is going to turn up trees because they're either too old or they're not heard of yeah yeah um, I think the only player that likes are Matt Phillips, but he's getting on. That's what I mean by old enough now. Charlie Austin's gone back to QPR. Um, uh, I think one of the gardeners is still there. Um, Brunt was there, but I think he's now retired. So, yeah. Yeah, again, it's one of those where West Brom were a bit of an aging side. But I, I think Ishmael's a good, a good move. Uh, it's, it's a high-reward, low-risk option. Because if he does what he, mm. if he does what uh, he did last season, again this season, you're looking at West Brom getting at least the playoffs. Yes, yeah. they are expecting to go back up automatically, along with the likes of Fulham, Sheffield United. I'm not so sure mm. about Bournemouth again. Maybe Swansea again. Maybe if they can keep hold of Cooper and keep hold of a few other key players there, you know. There's, there's going to be a lot more teams next season that are going to be pushing for those playoffs. Mm. And if if he can get West Brom at least the playoff spot, I think that's a job well done. If it's something similar to what happened to Tindall at Bournemouth, I think it's a joke, personally. Because you're yeah, still in the I mean, playoffs. you've seen you're it happen with there. Darren Moore, haven't you? I know. And this is the problem. This is the problem that I have. Why, mm. if, you're, if you're sitting fourth with 10 games to go and it's not mathematically guaranteed that you're not going to finish second, why get rid of the bloke? Yeah. You're up there for a reason. Why Why hasten it? You know, you and I have differing opinions on what happened at Bournemouth last year. I don't feel Bournemouth should have done that. You and, you know, you backed it up with evidence from Bournemouth fans and they weren't happy with it. But it, they, they still didn't go up and they are Barnsley in the playoffs. Yeah. They, you know, they have, you know, they they had Barnsley, Swansea, Brentford. A part of Brentford, I could have, Bournemouth should have should have beaten. If if Bournemouth hadn't played Brent Brentford, they should have mm. been in the playoff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't I can't see it happening this year. Now, obviously, with him with Ismail gone, Barnsley, I've got I've got them down as relegation. Yeah, I, I, again, I don't disagree with that at all, and I, I genuinely feel that Ismail will do a job at West Brom, mm. and I do think West Brom will be up there. It's whether or not the board are going to be happy with a playoff result, or they're going to expect to go up automatically. I think it has to be more automatic, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it does. But again, the championships a funny division. It's a horrible yeah. division to get out of. You could go on a tear, go 10 games unbeaten, and then go away to Luton at Kenilworth Road yeah. on a horrible Tuesday night in November, pissing it down with rain, and get beat 3-0. Yeah. Any shit like that happens every week in the Championship. Especially, yeah. as I said before, I don't think it will happen as much with the fans being back in, but last year, could you safely guarantee results week in, week out? No. Mate, I wouldn't from, like to bet on it. Apart from Norwich's, yeah, you wouldn't. No, at the end, you wouldn't have guaranteed. No, no, you wouldn't. Not in any so, league. No, but um, things might be yeah. different. So, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll see. 
I mean, let's let's stay on the championship with managers at the minute, mate. Yeah. I know you mentioned them a little bit, but Sheffield United. So yeah. Slav Jankovic is there. We we know about him, mate. With, yeah. with his um, full and roll and stuff. Yeah, yeah. At, at Sheffield United now, I think that's not a bad appointment. I, no, I don't know. If, it's going to go one way or the other. I feel with him. I, I mean, he's proved it in the championship, but I don't know. It's a big ask, isn't it, to fill his shoe, fill Wilder's shoes? Um, it's a different style of team of how he plays. Yeah. Whether or not they feel that that's what they need to do to change Sheffield United's prospects, um, Brewster has to score goals this season, without mm. a shadow of a doubt. He is he is Sheffield United's equivalent to get Chelsea getting Timo Werner. Yeah, a lot of money was spent by Sheffield United to bring him in, and yeah, he hasn't was... set the world alight, has he? So a lot of emphasis is going to be on him. They're going to miss some key players this season. I think a couple of them are leaving. Mm. And it's whether or not that Jukanovic can buy, get the players to buy into the system that he wants to use. Because I, I will be very surprised if on the 7th of August they're playing five at the back. You reckon they're going to go more defensive? I, I reckon they'll it'll go to a back four mm. and play a more attacking style. Where where would you put them, mate, in your uh, table for the start of the season? Top I six. I, I put still, them in top six. Still feel they'll be up there. Brewster can score goals. They will be mm. top six. Um, you don't fancy them being down there then struggling. Uh, what, a bit like Stoke did? Yeah. Um, no, because they've, they've got some players that, we before the lockdown, we, we played Sheffield United. And they, they've got some good bench players. And I think a lot of those stayed at Sheffield United last season. Mm. And I still, I think they're still there now. The likes of Luke Freeman um, was one that certainly springs to mind. I, I think they've got a good Championship squad. It, it, it was all. It was never. Looking back, I, I was surprised with how well, how how bad Sheffield United were last year. I genuinely, especially after the first season, I genuinely didn't think they were going to be that bad. But again, spending thirty million on Brewster and not getting anything out of it, I think hampered them a lot. McGoldrick's not good at Premier League level, but he's good at Championship. Sharp is not good at Premier League level, but he's good at Championship. McBurney's not good at Premier League level, but he's good at Championship. So they've got a very well-rounded Championship squad in the Premier League. And so I, I just feel if they can get the key players firing and they can buy into Jukanovic and what he wants to do there, I definitely think they'll be top six this season. There we go. There's, there's your uh, little prediction. Now predict me this one, Jacko. Yeah. We're moving across to London. Fulham mm. appointed Marco Silva. Yeah. I think that's a fabulous appointment. I, mate. I, I highly rate Marco Silva. He did wonders at Watford. Mm. Um he then went to Everton and I felt he'd started off well, but yeah. I think something happened behind the scenes that that sort of changed that and it, it looked it looked poor for him. Yeah, I but mean, he's done well for Hall. Yeah, um, but I think at, at Fulham, I think... I, I, I still think Fulham and West Brom are going to be the top two next season. Yeah, I think Fulham will be up there. After that appointment, mate, I think it, they'll be even, even with Parker, if Parker was still in charge, I was still adamant that Fulham and West Brom were going to be the top two next season. 
Mm. Um, and now Marco Silva's in charge, and they've kept the majority of that side that went down. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't see, I don't see that being a problem. While we're on it, mate, can can you see why Parker's left Fulham to go to Bournemouth side? I mean, is that a move you would take if you were Parker? No, not really. Probably Palace. Back step. Probably would have taken step, the Palace yeah. job. Yeah, I. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I. Parker seemed to be entwined with that club when he was manager. They, they, you know, he, he seemed to get something out of those players, especially back end of last season where they they looked like they were almost certain to stay up, but then they just had a dip before at the wrong time. I think. There's a big rebuild job at Bournemouth to do. And he feels he's obviously the man to be able to create an image and something for Bournemouth to grow from after what Howe did. So yeah. if if Bournemouth beat Fulham to the top two, then it's it looks like it's worked wonders. Yeah. But I can't see it. Would you my, have my, your top my, six? My top six, my top six at the moment are mm. Fulham, West Brom, one and two. I'd then probably go with Blackburn, if yeah. they can keep hold of Armstrong. Yeah. Blackburn, Swansea, Sheffield United and Bournemouth. That's not a bad, bad top six, that, mate. Uh, I think Forrest... Forrester a season away mm. under him. Stoke aren't very good. They started off all right, but they dipped away. They're a mid-table team. I'd have Bristol City up there, mate. I don't think so. With just with Pearson, Jacko. Yeah, I know. Just... But we 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 we, we all sat there and thought Pearson was going to do a great job. And what mm. happened at the back end of last season? Yeah, they won about two games in about twelve matches. Yeah, didn't they? and they lost four one five one at home to Millwall or away yeah. to Millwall. He's just signed Andy King as well, he has. Yeah, but is that really going to change the entirety of the team with that one signing? No, I don't think it will, mate. I think, obviously, he knows him from Leicester well, yeah. doesn't he? He's yeah, just, yeah. I'm, veteran, I'm not saying he won't, veteran but... For that level. I, just, I can't see that. I think... For an, an outside shot, and you might laugh, I, I think Coventry might be up there. Um, as an outside top six. Little, no. Little underdog, Cov. I, I can see a mid-table. Yeah. Definitely same at table. With that new signing Waggon, mate, it bags your goals. Yeah, he does. But A, there's fitness issues there. B, you don't know how much his wages are compared to the rest of the Coventry squad and how much they... Bearing in mind, Coventry didn't have one of the biggest budgets when they came up last season anyway. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that hasn't changed. Yeah. I, I can see Coventry being in mid-table. With the likes of Millwall, QPR. Um, yeah. Peterborough? Maybe. If they can get the front three firing early, yeah, I think Peterborough would be fine. I think um, you called it with Josh Knight, didn't you? Signing for Peterborough instead of Wickham. Mm. I'm sure you, it was you who called it on the pod, mate. No, I can't remember now, to be honest. Yeah, but if, if, if it is, and I can't remember it, I'll take the credit for it anyway. Um <laughs> As yeah. an underdog, who would you take as an underdog? Like a Barnsley, if you have to choose an underdog for that top Luton. Six. Luton. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Peterborough. 
Um, you I haven't mentioned always... Blackpool in that. Not fancy Blackpool. I, I can't see it, no. No? I can't see it. I, I think Blackpool will be mid-table. I think there'll be relegation. Um, if you say a... then, let's turn, it, let's turn the table round and you're bottom three. Who would you take? Hold on, let me just let me just get the championship table up because uh, according yeah. to me, I've got about eighteen hundred fucking teams in the in the mid table. Right, <laughs> so just having a look at this table. So Fulham, West Brom, top two. I did say Blackburn, Swansea, Bournemouth, and. Sheffield United, Cardiff are going to be up there. Um, I can't see Middlesbrough, Huddersfield, Hull, Forest, Preston, yeah. Yeah. Reading. I can't see any of them being up there. No, um, not even Reading after the start they had. Yeah, but look what happened after they, after March, after February, yeah. March, they just dropped off. Yeah, they plugged um, there, didn't they? I think the three that I'd, I'd favour going down. Mm-hmm. Barnsley, Blackpool, and Derby. Do you know what, mate? It's the exact same three I had. Exactly the same. I can't argue. I don't um, think. Dar- I mean, let's let's touch on Derby quick. There's no Jack in here, but obviously they're meant to get. They had two fixture lists, as you know, Jack. Only yes, one yeah. and a championship. And and from what you told me in the chat. They got away with it, am I right? Uh, well, the yeah, the board, um, the board had sort of rejected the appeal that the EFL had made about Derby's situation, um, which has meant that because that's finished, they're back in the championship. Yeah, so Derby, Derby will remain in the championship for the twenty-one, twenty-two season after the EFL decided not to appeal an independent commission's decision on financial irregularities. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Derby, Derby have been lucky. Um, obviously, Jack will sit there and goes, go, well, you know, it is what it is. They've they've rejected the appeal and all that sort of stuff. I, I just, I don't, I'm not confident in what Derby have got player-wise. Um, Jack Marriott's gone Waggon's gone I think Chris Martin's their only recognised striker they've got left um, yeah, that Yosviat's all... a good player but he could be picked up by one of the teams that have come down if yeah, they're looking they're gonna for struggle. if they're going to have to sell um, oh Kazim Richards was the other one I mean for me Rooney never never done much more than what Koku done for me Uh I didn't see much change. He started. He started well. He started. You, you've got. You've got to admit. You know they, they did. He did start well, and they were playing relatively good football, and they got almost got themselves out of the, the shit hole. But mm. then the earlier season form that Koku had with them just came on rampant, and they just looked poor. Um, you know, and if it wasn't for that thriller of a last game against Sheffield Wednesday, they would have been down. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think Derby are going to do very well this year. I think Hull may struggle, but Kane mm. Lewis Potter is sort of one of their big things that they've got. 
Um, he's you know he's tearing up trees. Um, Huddersfield, I don't think they're going to be all that good. No. Um, Middlesbrough weren't impressive. Birmingham are another one. I think Birmingham are going to struggle. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it, the, the bottom end of the table is going to be a lot tighter. I, I think the yeah. bottom end of the table is going to be a lot tighter this season. Um, but my top six at the moment are um, Fulham, West Brom, Sheffield United, Swansea, Blackburn and Bournemouth. With Cardiff finished in seventh. There we go. That's not a bad shout. The only one watch watch all of them finish fucking 17th to bottom now. I have to agree with you. Uh, I think, mate, top six-wise, West Brom will be up there. I think Bournemouth will be up there as we top two. And then I'd probably go with Blackburn, Bristol, as well as QPR... And Swansea. So Fulham aren't going up? No. You don't think Fulham are going to be good enough? I think they'll... Yeah, I'll put it in there. I think they'll finish... Might get in the playoffs. They might get third. So I'll, I'll take... I'll take... Mm, I'll take one out. I'll take Blackburn <laughs> out and replace <laughs> it with Fulham. <laughs> watch us just know nothing about football now and watch everything go to shit and fucking loot yeah. and win it with QPR <laughs> finish the second Birmingham going up through the playoffs it's just it's a fucking nightmare your derby win it fucking hell yeah oh god Christ that is <laughs> what, what, what would you prefer what would you prefer yeah, to deal with at the start of next season Millwall winning the, the championship or Derby winning the championship I could pull up with Millwall winning it I definitely could pull up with Derby <laughs> could you pull up with yeah. me Telling you about it every fucking day, though. I oh, mate, I could, I could, I could pull it with it. I pull it, I pull it with it for a fucking season when you beat us at the FA Cup. When we beat him in the FA Cup. Uh, yeah, you're right. I did put my phone on divert, but yeah. <laughs> uh, we've done that now. I want to go touch back on this managerial uh, job, Jacko, before mm. we finish, and it's a big one for me. Rafa to yeah. Everton. Yeah. Come on, mate. Evertonians can't be happy about that. Uh, Surely not. I don't think the city of Liverpool can be happy with it. <laughs> well, and that, yeah. Um, you know, I've found it appalling what Liverpool fans have put on the, the bat, uh, on those sort of signs. Yeah. Um, you. Think, what, what Benitez did at Liverpool? Yeah. After a period of when Man United and Arsenal were the sort of biggest teams and Chelsea were the biggest teams in, in England at that point. Mm-hmm. Benitez went and won in the Europa uh, the Champions League an FA Cup. Yeah. You know, he, he's done a lot for that club when they didn't have a lot to go right for him at that point. You know, they they saw the best of Fernando Torres at Liverpool. I think Torres at that point was probably one of the world's best strikers. Um, Yes, that I can't remember what season it was. I think it was 2011-12 season when they finished second. Mm. 2009-10 season when they finished second. That was the closest that Liverpool have been to winning the title for a very long time. <coughs> Especially before Rodgers came in. Um, mm. So, yeah, he did a lot for that club. 
he obviously said what he meant. He obviously said that thing in the press about the fact that he'd never go to Everton as he felt it, it wouldn't be a sensible move. Mm. But I, I personally feel that there is something there for Everton that if they get the right person, that club's going to go far. Now, I genuinely thought that with Ancelotti. Yeah. And they'd started up until they picked up their injuries. Everton looked like world beaters. You know, Hammers Rodriguez was playing well. Richarlison was playing well. Calvert-Lewin was firing. You had Alan and Decore in the midfield that were just bossing everything. Yeah, yeah. You know, but the rumours are that Rodriguez is on his way to Milan. Um, and that's going to be a big blow for Everton in itself because you can't replace that. No. Unless you can find someone else that's as good as Rodriguez. Um, you know, the Pickford has played well in the Euros, and I'd like to think that that confidence will carry forward into the start of the season. But there's some aging players in that back four. Keane and Mina aren't the overly two best centre backs in there, but Benitez is a defensively minded coach, and it may help them just to sort of settle that back line a little bit. Whether or not, you know, Tom Davies was supposed to be the next big thing, whether or not that they can get something out of him or if he goes. So there's a lot of questions to be asked about Everton, but I just feel if the right person's there and the, the right couple of bits are done, I, I genuinely think Everton could push for a title challenge. I really do. I don't necessarily think they'll win it, but they'll push. Um, but, yeah, Benitez wasn't overly successful at Newcastle. He had bang average seasons. But again, that's a bang average Newcastle side. Yeah, with a bang average budget. Yeah. yeah. Everton have got a bit of money now. And Benitez, I'm almost certain Benitez will have time if he wants to stay there. Mm. But whether or not he'd be able to deal with all of the shit that Liverpool throws at him now for that. I tell you what, that Merseyside derby is going to be an absolute cracker, <laughs> it is, isn't especially it? with the fact that all the fans are back now. Yeah, that's, that's true. Going to be a hell of an atmosphere. And it's going to be interesting to see what Liverpool fans do, whether they applaud him for what he did for Liverpool or boo him. I don't think he'll get an applause, do you? I think some parts of the crowd may do it, but I, I don't mm. see a lot of them. I mean, I've just been reading, mate, as well. Benitez first signing. Yeah. Uh, is on the cards, which is a Jose Perez from Leicester. Okay. Take that in. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know how to take that. Well, uh, I, I think... He was under Leicester, him at Newcastle, wasn't he? Yeah, I think if Leicester... Leicester obviously buying a few forward-thinking players, which to me means that Madison's on his way out and they oh, need indeed. cover for, for... Yeah, but I've seen Ndidi as a sort of more defensive-minded midfielder. Mm, mm. Um, especially with Tiedemans, you know, Tiedemans, there's another Tiedemans is going as well. So, I can't, is that worth signing? Maybe not. It's definitely not as good as Hamas Rodriguez, I'm sure. No. Do you think, Uh, I mean, do you think this is why they brought him in as well, Rafa, to get these big signings? I mean, they're not putting Jose on the big signing. Is Jose Perez a big signing? No, really? definitely not. But I'm just—I I mean, he'll give you—he'll yeah, no, give you work rate. But he might bring in, in bigger names like like your Rodriguez and stuff. Yeah, maybe there may be a good chance of that. Um, but it's whether or not 
that system works now because it wasn't exactly i know again we talk about it it was the budget newcastle side and he had no money and all that sort of stuff but it wasn't exactly exciting football was it no mate on a, on on the prep table with the team he's got now where would you put rafa's team if he had to manage what he's got now if he had to manage what he's got now yeah so pretty much what Ancelotti had if they're not getting at least Europa League football, it's a bad season. Yeah? Yeah. And you think that'd be the end of Rafa? Yeah, maybe. I can't even see him getting that, mate. Even if he brings players in. I just think, I think Rafa's gone, mate. I think I think he's another one of these old school managers. I just don't think he's up to anymore. Yeah. I really don't. I mean, Ancelotti, mate, to me, never had a plan B. Really. He started off like a bull in a china shop, mate, and then died off. Never had nothing else. I think Rafa would do the same. No plan B. Yeah. yeah that's how I look at it. I think yeah. they'll finish 10th. 10th or below for me. Yeah. I, yeah, there's... The, the top four you're looking at uh, along the lines of Man City, Liverpool, Man United, Chelsea, yeah. Leicester. I, I do think they still do what they did again last season, which is get sort of top, stay top four, and then have a dip and finish in, outside of it. Um, I don't think Spurs are going to be there. I don't think Arsenal are going to be there. Chelsea, yes. Yeah, I'll have them as title contenders. I think, mate. Yeah, I think if they can. If the rumours are to be believed that Haaland is on his way to Chelsea, then yes. Mm. Um, but again, time will have to tell with that. Um, what about uh, Liverpool and Klopp? Do you reckon they'll set the game up? Or... Again, it's not, it's not um, an ageing team with Salah up front, Mane. They have to invest. I said this. I said this. We had that big argument about it for about 30 minutes. <sighs> Liverpool have to invest. If they're going to just bring in a midfielder, that's not working. Obviously, they've bought in that Canate from yeah. Leipzig, which I think is a great signing because he's an up-and-coming centre-back. They probably could do with one more. Um, I don't think the two that they bought in from the Championship, uh, well, the one they bought in from the Championship plus the, the lad from Schalke, yeah. they're, they're good squad players. But they'd need someone to go with Van Dyke and this Canate. Um, they need an out. They, they need a number nine. They, yeah, they, you know, Firmino is a good player, but he's not been prolific over the last couple of seasons. Um, Do they need then, a Lionel Messi? <laughs> well, who, who, who can realistically afford him? That's the problem. Well, PSG. Yeah, they're, they're, they're PSG and Man City were the only two that I could realistically see Messi mm. going to. But does Messi now sort of go back to Argentina and sort of see out. saddle off into the sunset from that point? Surely, though, if I clock, mate, I'd go for him. I'd give him say, look, mate, come on. But he plays in the same place as salaries. And he's I older think, than yeah, there is. I'd, I'd, I think I'll still take Messi over Salah, though. Oh, yeah, I'm not saying you wouldn't. Um, you'd, you'd, but you'd have to do a lot of jinking around to um, 
change mm. that. So do we not see Liverpool as contenders? I, I think Liverpool being the top four. Mm. Um, I, I just, I just see Man City winning it again. I just see Man City winning it again. What about Man United, mate? Just a quickly before we end, what's going on then? Top four. Um, I, I think Sancho, Sancho is the bit of business that they've been looking for for ages. Um, if especially if they were to start with a front three of Martial or Greenwood, with Sancho on the right and Rashford on the left, and then you've got the likes of Fernandez, Pogba, and a another in the middle. Mm. Um, I think that United side is slowly coming along, and again. Yeah, all right. Oli has had his critics for a very, very long time. But, you know, all right, they didn't win the Europa League this year, but they finished second. It's the closest they've been to Man City for a while. Um, Europa League final, FA Cup semi final. Uh, I think that they. they I, I'm not necessarily saying he's the right man for the job, but it's improving. Mm. It's taken a long time to do it, get there though, but it's improving. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the question, the question you got to ask is, goalkeeper mm. and defensive midfield player, and can you get Van der Beek, Pogba, and Fernandez in the same side? Well, uh, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that name because I'm just going to move away from and that take you through some transfer gossip. Okay, yeah. And you've just mentioned one player there, Donny van der Beek. Man United mm. told him he can leave the club this summer. Yeah. On a loan on a loan deal. Yeah. Real Madrid are meant to be interested in him. Yeah. What a waste of money from Man United. I I, I just think what a waste of a season for van der Beek. Yeah, I feel sorry for the kid, to be honest. The, the, you know, that Ajax side that played Spurs in that Champions League semi-final, you had De Ligt, you had Van der Beek, you had De Jong, mm. Ziyech, uh, Tadic, mm. you know, Taliafico. You know, this, this Ajax side looks good. And Ajax do what Ajax do, which is get rid of players for a load of money to redevelop the side. Yeah, and I just think, yeah, United, United were always going to have an issue with Van der Beek as part of that side when they had Pogba and Fernandez there. Yeah, and Pogba oh. and you know Fernandez was always going to be a starter. Pogba, mm. Pogba seems to be more. Pogba is a bit like Gareth Bale in my opinion. Loves playing for his country. He's always up for it playing for his country, but if he's not interested in the team that he's playing for domestically he ain't bothered and that's how I see it at United mm. it's very oh. it's uh, from what I've seen of United it's not very often I will sit there and go fucking hell Pogba's had a great game mm. it will be against a team like Burnley or something and he'll pull up trees and everyone will sit there and think Christ why can't he do this every week yeah I agree and I, I just agree. feel I just feel Pogba's very much like Bale in that way that yeah. they will put everything on their sleeve for, for their country, but before that, if it ain't, if they're not interested, they ain't going to play. I I agree totally, mate. 
Um, another move for Arsenal, mate, what don't look like it's going to happen is Martin Odegaard. He's refused to return to Arsenal next season. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that. Do you think that's a big loss for Arsenal, though, isn't it? Not really, no. I don't think Arsenal are very good. No. Um, I, I think Odegaard could probably do a bit better back in Spain. Um, uh, I'll tell you where I'll tell you where it'd probably be a good go is uh, Everton. Yeah, it wouldn't be a bad shout. Yeah, yeah that is, that is true. Uh, here's one. So Burnley manager Sean Dyche is making mm. a bid to sign a 31-year-old English winner, Mark Albrighton from Leicester. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That, that's, he'd, uh, he'd, he would have had a better time of it if he'd gone for Walcott. Yeah, I see what you mean. I just I, can't I, see I Michael Brighton leaving. I don't think Albrighton's a bad player. I don't think he's the best. And what he's done at Leicester is has been what is needed to be done. I can't see um, him leaving, though. Yeah, I just don't think that would make sense for Burnley. I, I just, he's, at times, he's a left-footed right-winger. Yeah. And he's 31. And he's 31. You'd want to bring in players that are going to be able to get into the box and cross it for the likes of Woods and... Um, oh, of course, yeah. And Vokes and... Who was the other one? I remember the other one who played up front. Uh, Bidra. Yeah. Yeah, Wood and Vokes yeah. main two, wasn't it? Um, yeah. yeah, so that... Burnley are a 4-4-2. Burnley are a 4-4-2 side. Two wingers mm. crossing it in, helping the front two to get onto it. That's how I see Burnley play. All Brighton's a good dead ball specialist, I suppose. But uh, yeah, he's thirty-one. I'd, I'd rather go for someone younger. Yeah, At least you can get some two yeah. or three years out of them. And if they don't do well, you can try and get some of the money back that you buy for them. So well, that's right. You're not going to get nothing back on him. Last yeah. one, mate, before I round us up. Uh, Hakim Ziyech is wanted by AC Milan, mate. Yeah. Uh, if they can't get James Rodriguez from Everton, I think I'd rather Ziyech than uh, personally. But well, both had injury issues last year. First season for the Premier League for Ziyech, where there was a lot of changing. Obviously, Lampard went. He was injured for the first part of the season. Um, Tuchel had different ways of playing. So, yeah. Um, I think it would be better if he stayed at Chelsea. Yeah, I think he probably will, to be fair. It's going to be a big price tag, isn't it? Yeah, well, I, I think Chelsea will want to try and recoup the money for Werner if they're selling players. But I just yeah. feel that I think um, CH would probably have a better time of it this season than he did last year. Yeah. We'll soon find out. Not long to wait, mate. Mm. Uh, come to a conclusion. So, if you want to get in contact with Jacko, you can email him at afterextratime2020 at gmail.com. And you can email him what players you want to see at your club or how England are getting on or anything to do with football. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter also. And that's it for this week. Jacko, anything to add, me old mate? Um, no, just, you know, welcome back. Glad you've um, you've not forgotten about us. So uh, uh, yeah, yeah. hopefully it'll be a trio next time. Hopefully so. It depends <laughs> if if we get to the final or not. Well, that, yeah, that'll be an interesting one. Yeah. <laughs>
I think we'll have to give Jack a live stream to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I did say that was something we should have done, but I think we've just been a bit busy to uh, yeah do all that. So, but we'll do some more in the upcoming season, mate, for the Prem, mm. and we'll do some World Cups as well. For yeah, next yeah. Year. But uh, on that note, mate, we'll leave it there and listen out for the next week's pod as well. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.